once your team has a good rhythm and especially once they understand like, you know, like so, so let's say ads, right? You have a brand asset and your ads are going to kind of follow the same sort of look. I think it can get sped up much faster, but a lot of these things is like sort of one and done. Like once our landing page is done, it's done, mm -hmm. right? So there'll be spurts where there is a lot more back and forth. But for me, I'd much rather get it correct the first time and then we're finished. Mm -hmm. Then like, you know, where are we? And, and uh, ultimately like I'm responsible for my teams, right? Yeah. I'm responsible for the marketing initiatives. So I don't really like to fully delegate to the point where like it's if it fails it's my fault in today's episode i'm gonna sit down and talk to taylor kimball the director of marketing at get Meetings seo agency taylor switched his career from being a private chef to becoming a digital marketer three years ago and today he's managing multiple marketing teams and still have time to build two online businesses in languages that he does not even speak so today I want to speak his brain how he has so much time and how he manages other people to get all these things done and still build himself as a marketer and to become a better chief marketing officer in his agency. His journey is truly inspiring to anybody who wants to get into marketing or want to become a better marketer and soon a chief marketing officer. So let's not get any further and let's get into the episode. Welcome everyone and welcome to the Aspiring CMO podcast. Today I've got Taylor Kimball with me. How long have you been in the digital marketing space three years three years only yeah okay guys he's been in digital marketing for three years and he's already running multiple businesses and he's already director of marketing congratulations thank you yeah uh this is super motivating for aspiring cmos because like you know getting into digital marketing is like a big topic sure. but then to succeed in it is always very gray yeah yeah right yeah so now you said you're director of marketing at get me links mm. i know the company uh as they also were part of the seo mastery summit Correct. in 2023 um, and you also have your own websites do you see any difference working in those two environments um actually i really like them i i so one of the reasons that i like taking clients or consulting or or even at give me links even though i'm director of marketing i still jump on calls with clients i still have my relationships with them i actually find that they work cohesively because i think when you're you're especially if you're like running a portfolio of sites right you're pretty narrow focused on what's working on your sites so you don't always get a big scope of of like this is what else is happening in the market or these are broad trends in SEO. So I like working with clients and consulting and seeing different projects because it really gives me an overview of like, okay, is is what's happening specific to this niche or this kind of like e-com website or affiliate website, or is this a trend in the algorithm across um, like how Google's updating, right? So I think it gives you an, a, a sort of a bird's eye view of what's happening. In terms of like how they're run, um, I mean, obviously I'm much more hands-on for my own websites. So I, I guess that's that's one, right? Like I, I, I'm, I'm equally invested in my client's sites in mind because their success is ultimately my success from a business standpoint. But um, I would say like on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm definitely looking more detailed at my own sites. Okay. How does your day-to-day -day look like as a mark digital marketer and also director of marketing? Yeah. So I, it kind of depends. I would say like overall, the, the mornings is sort of just like checking in, right? So I, I, like as an SEO, it's like, okay, what's happening in my keyword rankings? What's in the search console? Where are we at? Is there any sort of like fires that have need to be put out? Um, so it sort of starts with that. And then obviously it's like working through Slack messages. So it's like, uh, I, I know, I know everyone has their morning routines. I don't have one. I like wake up, brew coffee, sit down, start. I find that's what works for me. That's just how I like it. So yeah. So it's just checking those things and then sort of going through Slack. And then a, a big one, which I learned actually working, um, I used to be the content manager at Kyle Roof's agency, High Voltage. And what I found was it's really 
easy to sort of get into like the tasks that I have to do. Like, oh, I need to send this email, do that thing. But I like to push those off until I've already done all of the things that someone else is basically waiting on me for. Oh yeah. Right. So like if I, so for like a, from, from the marketing position, right? If my um, designer needs feedback, I know she can't move forward until I've given that feedback. So I always try to prioritize the things that someone else needs in order to keep moving forward. And I think that's a bit of a shift when you get into more of like a CMO or management role is thinking like, okay, what's my priority tasks, but what are the tasks that are basically I'm bottleneck, right? So I'm always trying to remove myself as the bottleneck and then I get into my other stuff. And, and I would say like day to day, um, mostly I just try to stack all my meetings on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. And then, yeah, the rest of the week is just sort of admin and emails and client calls. Okay. And uh, on top of it, how hands-on are you on with your own affiliate websites? Do you have your own team for those mm -hmm. or? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So does that mean for your foreign websites, you also do mainly management and not SEO anymore? Correct. So mm -hmm. with my foreign websites, like um, I have two teams in two different languages, neither of which I speak fluently. So there's a very limited amount of like SEO work that I can actually do, right? So I can I can do like translation stuff, but um, most of it is like meeting with the, the team leads, talking strategy, helping them. A lot of it is like education, right? Like finding out where their sort of knowledge gaps are and filling it, talking strategy, talking where are we going from here, checking in with the team, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And and I quite like that because it does force you to become a better manager and a better leader because like I, I can't edit the content, right? Like I don't know if it's good. So I have to learn to find the right hires, the right people, plug them into the positions and make sure that team is like cohesively working together well that's awesome because a lot of people would be micromanaging and then just mm. like you know put their hands in onto other people's work yeah. but you have kind of put yourself in a position where like well i cannot do this yeah i literally can't do it right yeah. like I, it's like what am i going to do put it in google translate and see how bad the translation is it just doesn't work so you are forced to let go to some degree and how did you land on those? So you do a Thai language website, right? Yeah. And uh, let's not say the other one. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm deciding not to, I, I'm in multiple languages, but I'm All deciding right. to In total, not how many say. languages do you manage then? Uh, two non-English ones and then the English clients. And then, uh, but those are clients. Okay. Mm. Why did you choose those languages then? Well, since you said Thai, that's an easy one. And I'm not, I'm not concerned about people doing Thai because it's quite hard to find a team. Um, Thailand was natural because I was living here and uh, I saw gaps in the market and I knew I can find good hires and it just kind of arose from uh, like having a personal assistant who I wanted to train SEO stuff and then we talked more and it seemed like let's explore for this right and also just the there's just less competition right and when I was doing like competitor research keyword research it was like oh I can crush this this is going to be fine um, and then the other language also is just something that uh, I speak a little bit and um, I've spent a lot of time in the country so I'm very comfortable in that environment I know the culture I know where tech is at so yeah I tend to pick ones where like I'm understanding some degree of the culture around technology. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. 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 Hi, thank you so much for listening to this far into the episode. And if you want to meet successful online entrepreneurs and SEOs just like you, make sure you join the SEO Mastery Summit from April 7 to 11 in the center of Ho Chi Minh City. We'll have over 15 international speakers coming from all over the world and attendees joining to make connections and build their businesses to their best potential in 2024. So our first SEO Mastery Summit event sold out. So make sure you grab your tickets today because we are increasing prices at the end of every single month so i'll hope to see you there and let's get back to the episode okay so i also listened to taylor's uh, episode on the pyre flippers podcast yeah. where you mentioned that uh, there was one of the struggles you had where the user habit mm. in uh, thailand is like mm. they don't buy from websites mostly they buy yeah. from e-commerce stores or they just like go straight on instagram yeah correct and shop correct um 
So how do you think you can, like, what's your strategy to kind of solve that problem? Yeah, this is a big one. And actually something that I've been thinking about a lot is like, how do we shift away potentially from traditional affiliate sites? Um, because even, even in Thailand and even other foreign languages, even though it's easier than English to rank, the user behavior is just so different. And I think even going forward, like I typically target markets that are like evergreen, but also a younger population. And they're moving more towards like purchasing natively through apps, right? So like TikTok, Instagram. So I don't, I don't have a solution now, but one of the things we are looking at is like, okay, how can we keep this model of the business um, an affiliate, but shift it to other platforms? So like in Thailand, Twitter is quite big. No uh, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter is quite, well, X, Twitter, whatever you're calling it now, okay. is quite big um, for affiliate because people just build like faceless Twitter accounts and build followings and they don't do affiliate links for a very long time until they've established the baseline of trust in their community and then they'll start putting affiliate links out. Um, so that's one option. But so yeah, for us, it's really like SEO and affiliate makes sense, but maybe not limiting ourselves, but specifically to Google as the main search engine, right? Yeah. Because like Instagram, Twitter, all these things are algorithms. So as long as you can learn to work within that framework, I think you can be successful. That's awesome. Now let's talk about you as director of marketing at MeLinks. Like mm -hmm. when did you start? Um, I like officially started like two months ago. No way. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. A, that's cool. How do you feel about in your role right now? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a control freak. Because again, I like, I, I like to let my team do the thing, but I'm also someone where if I have a vision for how I want things to go and how I think things can grow, um, I want to go after it. And so being in the director of marketing role really lets me sort of say, this is the vision I have for how I want to do giving links marketing and where I think we can take the company through different sort of marketing initiatives. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm very happy in it. Okay. How big is your team right now in the agency? Um, uh, myself, a designer, a uh, developer, copywriter. Yeah, just four people. Oh, yeah. amazing. How do you find to uh, communicating with very different roles, like a creative role and a very technical role type of person? Like that's a very big communication skill to master, I think. Sure, yeah. So I think I'm actually quite lucky in that sense. Um, there, I've been in companies before where there was friction between like, between developers and designers, right? Or between like the media buyer and the designer and them not really communicating well. Um, I, I feel fortunate because I think I kind of straddle this middle ground where I've been in the tech side of, uh, well, basically in just the tech industry long enough to know how to talk with um, developers and know what's possible, what's not possible. And on the flip side, like my passion and background is way more on the art side. So I think it's quite easy for me to communicate with sort of both teams. And then like, I don't really let them talk, right? Like they communicate through me. Really? So yeah. So like I talk oh. to the design team, I get the feedback from the designer, we finish it, and then I pass it mm -hmm. to the devs, right? And then they'll, 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 if they need to check something quickly with the design team, they will. But for the most part, like I want my hands and my view sort of on both sides of it, right? So I like everything to come back to me and then I can respond. So you kind of eliminate friction between those two very different parties by mm -hmm. you beca becoming the bridge yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah um doesn't that require too much of your attention though no not particularly okay i mean like i the, definitely there's like periods right so like if we're launching a new landing page and i need a design then there's going to be more back and forth but you have to think like um once your team has a good rhythm and especially once they understand like you know like so, so let's say ads right you have a brand asset and your ads are going to kind of follow the same sort of look i think it can get sped up much faster but a lot of these things it's like sort of one and done like once our landing page is done it's done mm -hmm. right so there'll be spurts where there is a lot more back and forth but for me i'd much rather get it correct the first time and then we're finished mm -hmm. than like you know where are we and and uh, ultimately like i'm responsible for my teams right yeah. i'm responsible for the marketing initiatives so i don't really like to fully delegate to the point where like it's if it fails it's my fault 
Yeah. And it, I don't want it to become a failure because I had an oversight or I wasn't paying enough attention. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, for me, it's not, it's, it's um, like, we're not producing an insane amount of creatives, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's the right back and forth. Okay. That's good. Awesome. I find myself kind of uh, growing into this as well. Like where I see, you know, there's a creative gap mm. and if I just don't jump in and say my opinion, there mm -hmm. will be no improvement in the creatives. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of frustrating because like I need to convince people to like, Hey, can we just change it? And it's no number stick to it. How bad it looks mm. something. Yeah. <laughs> like it's art. Like it, I think SEO is difficult, but like communicating with the creatives and logical people together, that's even a different, like a, that's a whole different skill yeah. to, to master. In my opinion. Yeah. So there was a mismatch between like what, um, one of the previous team members wanted to see from the creatives and what the designer was creating. And it just was, the output was just really bad. And there was a lot of friction between people. Um, so I think if you are moving into a CM role, uh, a CMO role or creative director role, you really need to work on uh, learning how can you communicate what you see in terms of the, the vision of the creative in your head to your designer. Like if you leave it up to them, I think that's very unfair. That's very unfair. Right. So yeah. like when I'm, when I'm showing my designer, like I record a lot, I communicate so much through, um, like videos, right? So I'm always recording videos and I'm always saying like, here's the tentative copy. Here's the kind of ads I like, here's the images I want, here's the colors, here's sort of design. So they really have a good overview. And I do think like, once you've worked with a designer, if they're a great designer, they will start to have an understanding of like the cohesive vision that you're looking for. And so once you get really like one ad down, then they can make those templates yeah. off of that. Right. So I, I, I do think it's a back and forth process and it's always rocking in the beginning but once you've nailed it if your designer is good and you if you're able to communicate what you see in your head well then i think it's like works very very smoothly yes i, I agree with that like i think also kevin was the one who taught me how to talk to writers mm. i thought that you know just giving them an outline they can just take it and go yeah no. but it's no like the more guidance you give to someone the better output you get and and then and i realized it's not micromanaging no that's not the micromanaging part. The micromanaging part would be like actually doing the design yourself Correct. and like, I don't know, while they are working and then start, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, so, I mean, I used to be the content manager and editor. Um, and I would tell new writers, like the first month or two, I will be giving you a lot of feedback and that's not a criticism of you. It's to improve the quality of your work so that I know when you finish it's done like 200%. Mm -hmm. So I think that feedback loop in the beginning is really necessary for everyone, right? It's also lets you understand their workflow and their timing and their pacing. Um, so yeah, I do think people get in the illusion that like, oh, I have my designer, they understand what I'm wanting them to do. And it's like, no, they have no idea. You have a vision in your head. And unless you've really thought it out and put it down on paper, like they're just guessing. Yeah. And it's not their fault that you didn't communicate well. Exactly. So I always say the burden, you know, as the manager, like the burden is on you mm -hmm. for any mistakes. Yeah. Take responsibility. Yeah. hundred percent. Exactly. Um, so could you walk us through your career journey in the past three years? Well, how was that? Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So it would, it's actually, it would be like, I, th I think it's three years, uh, but it would literally be three years ago. I was, um, a freelance editor, a contract editor for, um, independent, uh, book publishing company. So I was with them for a few years. That's how I was working remotely. Um, I'd also been a private chef and then I quit all of that. And basically I was friends with Kyle Roof. Um, I wasn't doing SEO. I wasn't interested in SEO, but I, I became friends with him, with Will Tribe, with Matt, sort of the SEO community. And I was like, oh, I guess I should just do this thing. Right. 
right? Because everyone's talking about it. So fine, let me learn. Um, and then, yeah, so a content manager position opened up at Kyle's agency. And I said, like, I'll, I'll put my hat in the ring. And uh, I got it and it worked. And I was I was there with them for, I think, about two years um, doing content management and then uh, account management with clients. And I realized, like, I don't particularly like account management. It's not really my forte. I love talking to clients. I really like sales. I like consulting. But just the day-to-day account management thing was not my, not my stuff, right? So then, yeah, like uh, a year ago, um, Alejandro, who's the CEO of Gimme Links, he called me one day when I was actually like super sick uh, in December and was like, hey, do you want to do you want to come and work here as our like strategist and sales guy? And I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I jumped over and and yeah, the last year was just sort of doing that and really diving into backlinks. And that was sort of my weakest area of SEO. Yeah. Right. So like my whole career development has always been like get really good at a thing and then figure out where your weak spot is and put yourself in that position. So then you can learn, right? And you can get either paid to learn or you just, you always want to level up on your sort of weakest spot. So that was me with links. And so I've done that for the last year. And then, yeah, like two months ago, actually like three months ago, I was getting frustrated with some of the marketing initiatives that we had. And especially as sales, you know, like sales output is directly tied with marketing. With marketing. And so there was a point where I was like, I want this. I want, I want this. I, I want to be in control of like how this is flowing, my income, all of it. So let's go. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Yeah. And then just, you know, that's the main sort of like step by step. And then within that, there was building like uh, my affiliate teams, some partnerships, consulting, all those things are just sort of like um, other aspects of the career. How path. do you have time to still start your own affiliate initiative while you were going so much changes in your career? Mm. I mean, one of them is the, the teams, right? So like one is that the, the there's always these periods where it's like, it's really intense. So there are times where I'm working like 10, 12 hours a day for a couple of weeks. So if we're building a new team, we're checking SOPs, we're getting the site off the ground. There is that, right? But once you have the routine flowing, then I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, but the the honest answer is like, I live in Chiang Mai and the convenience that the city offers actually allows you to work way more than most places, right? And, and I'd been here for four years because of COVID and then I left this summer to uh, Brazil and America. And I realized like, there's no way I could get the amount of productive output anywhere else. Well, maybe, but, but specifically Chiang Mai actually allows me to have like eight to 10 hours of actual productive output a day because of the convenience here. So I think that's like kind of a secret is you need to find a place you can just settle down and like work undisturbed and just focus and go. And then you can do it that way. That's awesome. Because I also see Taylor at like social gatherings. So he does have a social life. Kind of. (laughs) so it's uh you know it's very inspiring to see that you can do so much Mm. have so much output Mm. and still have i guess quote quote a life what people say yeah and you don't feel like you're missing out from anything because you have from the outside what i see you have a quite balanced life yeah yeah but i mean like there there is periods of like um, high, high intensity of work, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that's normal. And I think that's, uh, I think, especially if you want to get multiple projects off the ground, or you really want to upscale, like the, the illusion that you can be working like nine to five, and you're going to accomplish all those things is a joke, you know, like, uh, I've done, you know, nine to nine or nine to 10. But ultimately, like, um, for yourself and for myself as working in CMO positions, like, that's what I want to be doing, right? That's what I do on my off time. So people say like, Oh, you know, well, did you take Saturday and Sunday off? I'm like, No, why? Why would I take both days off? Yeah, like, I want to do this. This is what I want to do with my time. So, you know, like, I don't think, I mean, Christmas, barring that, that's a holiday, but otherwise, like, it's not a job for me, you know, like, it's what I'm actually interested in, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. So then you can just work a ton. So I think if you're struggling with your work, maybe consider if it's the right position for you. Right. I, I like that. And when you refer to like, oh, you know, this is what I do in my downtime, do you refer to the um, 
maybe the ad creatives process or is that the you know the website development process like mm -hmm. what is that that you really really like in marketing um actually it's the people side of things okay right so so like it's uh i mean like my downtime is where i'm doing a lot more of my like studying right my improvements looking at things reviewing information reviewing performance but also saying like where are my own knowledge gaps and how can i improve that right and where do I want to go? So like, I'll do, I'll do a lot of like, um, not even just like competitor research, but like before we're launching new campaigns, I'll be looking at like ads from big brands because they've done all the research, right? Their, their ads are positioned for a specific reason. So what can I learn from their ads? Why are they doing copy like this? Why are they doing creatives like this? What's the, what's the reason they're doing, you know, like everything is just two colors instead of three or four. Wow. So I like to look at those kind of things, but the flip side of that is also just like, yeah. So for me, like marketing is ultimately about people, right? Like, um, all the platforms is just a way for you to connect with whatever your offer is with the people who want what you are giving them. Right. And I think if you don't understand people like your initiatives just fall off, they don't really work. So yeah, like my quote unquote downtime is, is sort of putting myself in the customer's shoes of like, okay, what am I looking for from the products I'm off? Right. Or from these kind of services I want to get into. So yeah, for me that it, it's also just like randomly studying things like psychology or um, persuasion books stuff like that. I love that. Thank you so much for mentioning that marketing is all about people yeah. because uh, I've been trying to think for my personal goal. Like, mm. why do I want to become a CMO? Like, I like teams. Mm. Like, I want to be able to find myself in a team where I love everyone. People love me. And, like, we just like a family, like a, like a good friend group, like friends. Sure. Um, different personalities doing creating something together and usually that's like some ad campaign or like a youtube video i, I like the process of creating creative things yeah yeah that either entertain or educate or both yeah um and that was the process that i was thinking about but what the way you put it is so much i guess better and so much more straightforward like it is just about people mm. either the people you work with or like the people you influence at the end of the day sure yeah 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 and, and like um you know, I, with Gimme Links, I was in their sales before, right? Um, I don't, I'm not someone who like does hard sales um, in the opinion of like, if you don't need what we offer, I'll tell you that, right? Like, oh, you, you're not the right fit for us. Yeah. And I think like uh, good marketing does address the customer's need, but it's also telling the customer when you're not what they're looking for. And I think especially over time or in like the SEO industry, right? You, uh, you have people who they're like, oh, I think I need backlinks. And it's like, oh, if you only have this much money, you actually should be running paid ads, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you're you're not ready. You don't have the traffic for this or you don't have the budget for this. Oh, you're not running ads and you're just getting your business off the ground. Go over there. So for me, it's just like, it is about people, not in just the, the like, oh, it's about understanding what people want. It's genuinely about caring, mm -hmm. right? Like I think the best marketers, now I'm sure other people will disagree with me, but I think internally I feel the best about marketing and sales when I know I'm treating people with honesty and respect and giving them what I think is the best best way forward for their business right because it's not a joke this is people's livelihood um, it's people's time and money yeah so I think it's like if you can authentically just say to yourself like does this person actually need what I'm offering and is it the right solution for them yeah then we can move forward and a lot of times I think people can tell that uh, and it's just yeah at that point the, the sale sort of closes itself you know because it's clear that this is the right thing for them and if it's not you show them either the door or where they should be going yeah it's uh, i think that's what ideally what marketers should be doing in general like sure. we just provide a solution where people can be having an easier happier wealthier life mm -hmm. yeah once i started to be you know vocal about like hey i'm in the seo space people started to reach out to me saying like hey annie i have a website can you do this seo thing for me and i just look i just ask a couple of questions from them like hey what do you do mm -hmm. What's your product? Oh, you don't have a product. Yeah. 
All right. So people see marketing or marketers like we can fix all of your problems, mm. but if you don't have your problems like、uh, your basics, fundamental setup, marketers cannot help you that much. Yeah, that's true. That's. I mean, they can help you prevent not to spend so much on marketing in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have run into this a lot with people who like they think they have an SEO problem, and actually what they have is a conversion problem, right? So like there there's so many aspects to marketing where like if your ad creatives are great and you're Let's say that you're you're just getting tons of clicks and people are coming through and the performance from the sort of ad campaign side looks good, but you're not getting any conversions. What's happening? Oh, maybe your your page design is off. Maybe your CTR or sorry, your、um, like offer is off, right? So I I think there is so many different aspects to it, but definitely from the SEO standpoint, I've had to tell clients like you don't have a you don't have an SEO problem. You have a conversion problem. Or you have an offer problem. Like you're getting plenty of traffic for your industry and your niche, and you're getting zero leads from all these people on your page. That means it's not a Google thing. Yeah, and it can be translated to anything, right?、Sure. Like if you have a high views on YouTube, you got like a lot of likes on Instagram or Facebook.、Mm. But at the end of the day, you look at your bank account. It's like, why is there nothing coming in? Yeah. Yeah. So、uh, that's one of the lessons, I guess, is to take away. Like, it's not an SEO problem; it's a conversion problem. Yeah, well, I I think like it's just、uh, and and that's where it gets tricky, right? Is like understanding where does sort of one realm end and the other side begin, right? And especially if you're working with small businesses, they have limited time, limited team, limited budget. So you really need to hone in and say like, where is the actual root of this issue, right? And what's the best way to address it? Is it with me or is it with someone else? And if it's with someone else, can I point them in that direction, right? Like I, again, I think a lot of businesses should optimize for SEO. I mean, there's no reason not to, but especially if you're online, if you're new and you can either like do paid ads or Do backlinks and SEO? Go the paid ads route, right? It's just way faster to test your market to see if it's clicking, to see if everything is good. The feedback loop is so much shorter. Yeah. And then you can you'll have the budget and the means and the and the know how to grow further from the SEO standpoint. So amazing summary, guys. Take notes. And for somebody who is maybe listening to this、uh, episode right now, I want to get started and get to the level where you are. What is your、uh, What are your three tips that would you would Give away. I don't know. Yeah, sure.、Um, so, so it sounds cheesy, but、uh, genuinely, I like. I'll say like move to Chiang Mai, Thailand. But that's not that's not the act. You actually don't have to move here. <laughs> you could. You could. Um, but what I mean by that is like, and I know,、um, I know, I'm the person who's like actually taking the action and putting the work, right? But so much of the growth I've had in my career is due to the people I know, and specifically due to the community here in Chiang, right? Like having,、um, and I know a lot of SEOs sort of work in isolation or digital marketers work in isolation. They're on their laptop, but ironically, it's those in-person conversations where you can just like learn the solution to a problem that's been bothering you for weeks from one sentence, right? Or you, you know, you get the chance to ask Kyle. Roof a question because you're at a dinner with him, and it's like, oh, that solves that problem. I never even thought of that. So I think a big one is is not necessarily like yeah, move to Chiang Mai, but do get involved actively in a community, specifically of people who are further along than you.、Uh, I, I know a lot of people are shy and like they get imposter syndrome, and I I get it as well still all the time of like, oh, but what do I have to contribute, right? But like people like to share, so put yourself in those positions to be surrounded by people who are further along than you are in the field you want to be in person, not just. In like forums and chat rooms, so that's that's number one. I think if you can do that and you're just a genuine person, like that would that will take your career further, right?、Um, another one is, in my opinion, try to get a job that's essentially moving you in the direction you want, and and don't assume that you know where you're going to want to go,、okay. right? Like I didn't know I wanted to be、uh, working towards a director of marketing position. Like I liked、um, I liked SEO, right? I liked content writing. I was really happy with that, and then it turns out. Oh, I don't like account management, but I do love sales. I do love that part. So I think open yourself up to understanding that, like, 
you're stumbling forwards, but you don't actually know where the finish line is. You just have a general direction mm -hmm. and that's okay. But get yourself plugged in with, with a position that's like, I'm interested in this. Mm -hmm. And then I think the sort of third final tip for me um, would be if this is tricky, because I think it depends on the position you want to get in. Right. But uh, I have had people who they, they run like their own affiliate site and they're like, okay, I kind of get SEO and I've kind of had some success, but I really want to get deeper. I want to get really good. And I just tell them like, try to get a job at an agency mm -hmm. that actually lets you see a wide variety of websites at once, okay. right? Like that has backend access. So if you're going, let's say you want to go the paid ads route, um, like get a job at an agency where you're working on multiple accounts, even if you're a junior on that, or you're a designer, like the more exposure you can have to a wide variety of whatever it is that you're doing, I think the faster you're going to elevate because you'll, you'll start to see the same problems, the same solutions, the same trends mm -hmm. again and again, other than just focused on this one more sort of like niche issue. Yeah, I agree with you. And I hope that everybody can hear that these are not just like quick fix tips, oh, but yeah. it's literally a journey yeah. and to get to what Taylor is and a bunch of other CMOs that have been on the show, it's a continuous learning and the curiosity that has been driving you guys to, to get to where you are today. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think like, you know, five tips to be a great CMO is a really good social media post. And it's, I mean, and like you should write one if you haven't already, but the reality is like, it's a mountain, right? Or it's a marathon or a mountain to climb or it's a marathon, like pace yourself. You know, those always new things to learn. And there will be points where you're like, I'm not the person to learn, right? Like I don't have time to learn how this ad platform works, but I can hire some, but yeah, it's a, it's a long journey. It's not like a overnight thing. And I think especially, and you probably are familiar with this, like being a digital marketer is such a vague it is. term and like, okay, well, what do you mean within that realm? Like, what are you like a full stack? Are you? specifically like a landing page person like where do you go so i think that the journey for your each person changes over time and you'll find naturally where you slot in mm -hmm. it's like oh i'm super interested in these things and my skill set stacks here but yeah it's, it's this weird weird realm we live in as digital marketers yeah and what i that think means. it's quite normal right because it's like a always like evolving sort of mm. career i remember when i was in college and they just started the marketing major or digital marketing major yeah and that was 2018 and i just remember i was like i was too late to um kind of join that major because mm -hmm. i already was in college but i saw some screenshots of the presentations and it was like searchenginejournal.com <laughs> It's yeah. just taking all of our content and then put it on a university slide. I I have I have a friend actually a friend in the Philippines and she's in uh, she's a marketing major now and she'll show me like what she's studying and and the basics are good right especially like the fundamental overviews of like uh, market research these kind of things but I think especially in the world that we live in today like you don't need to go to school for a marketing degree you'll probably do way better like working in a company or I mean if you are going for marketing hands on you know go go for it. But like by the time whatever is like the edge of marketing now gets like put into a textbook, reviewed into a curriculum, it's already out of date. There is the evergreen things that you can learn and that you can teach. But I think like marketing uh, and there's other industries like uh, like culinary, all of these actual things, the interesting stuff is on the edge and it's the people doing it day to day. Yeah. It's not like codified it in the text, right? So just like, I don't think under the illusion that you need a marketing degree, it's like okay. you don't, I don't have one. Me. So I think most CMOs that I talk to, they don't have a degree in marketing. I think the closest thing, uh, previous CMO, Matt Trent, he had a degree in film. Uh, I mean, yeah. Film production. Like, and now he's a CMO. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. 
it's crazy. It's an amazing kind of career path, I think, because you can be anything. Yep. And uh, you can also be nothing at the same time if you don't put in the work. For sure. Yeah. And like, there's always uh, someone who's hungry for what you're doing, you know, which is, is great in the hiring position. Like if someone's fucking up, sorry, can I curse? If someone's <laughs> fucking up, uh, I know I can find someone who's going to be better. Yeah. And on the flip side, like I know there's someone else probably coming up who can crush me if I don't stay on top of what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, to become like a CMO though, right now, do you see that your marketing skills or your leadership skills are more needed? Which one? Well, I think like uh, in I, I think in my case, I've I have a lot of team leadership experience, right? So, so both from like the SEO side of things, my sites, talking with clients, um, also just, I'd worked in restaurants for like 10 years. So this is like, you, you work with teams, right? You know, you say, okay, you're here, here, here. So the team and leadership side, I sort of already have that down, right? So within my thing, like there's, there's aspects of marketing, especially when you move into a CMO role where the burden falls on you completely. And so if you, you don't know that thing, like who does now there is aspects where it's like, okay, we're going to hire out for this role where the experts there, but I still think often you need a baseline level of knowledge to know what the right questions are to ask to the, the sort of expert you've hired or in, on the other side, like, are they performing and getting the right metrics? Mm -hmm. So in my case, I would say like, I kind of have the leadership side sort of done. Um, not that it's, there's not room for improvement, but I think in the CMO side for me, it's way more focused on like the marketing knowledge and depth of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you say knowledge and depth, do you also like actually test it on the side of your job? For example, like if you want to test out uh, how that, I don't know, pay that strategy would work, you would actually go in and like test it out on your websites? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I think it's like a good question because some people would just I don't grab a book, you know, and I just read the book. Well, I mean, yeah, not practice it. Sure. So I, so I think that that's the tricky part, right? Is like the, the, especially if we're talking about like information retention, right? Like you only remember a very small amount of what you just read, but if you do it and you can look at, there's a really good uh, like picture called the cone of learning or pyramid of learning or something like this. And actually shows as you do more things, the retention learns. So I think, especially in marketing, when you're working on these different ad platforms, or you're working on these different projects, like you need to do the thing. So I'm a big reader, like I'm super passionate about books and education, but I, I think that you will get way more value out of reading one book and slowly implementing and testing all the strategies and ideas in it than sitting down and saying like, I'm gonna read 20 books on marketing, I'll be a great marketer. Probably not, like you'll 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 forget like 70% of it by the time you yeah. finish it and you won't have done anything. Okay. So the feedback comes from the doing. Okay, feedback yeah. comes from the doing. All right. So uh, last question, and it's more like a self-development question that I always ask on the podcast is that now that we have reflected on all of your experiences okay. <laughs> so far, what is your number one advice for aspiring CMOs? Yeah. So I would say like, maybe, maybe it's a cheesy thing to say, but like, um, start before you're ready. You know, like, I think that, uh, especially within the digital space, there's always this, at least, uh, you know, I've struggled with this is like, oh, do I know enough? Am I good enough? Right. Um, especially if you do move into a community where people are experts, right. Or well-regarded you'll, I mean, I can only say for myself, but I have struggled with the imposter syndrome of like, Ooh, what can I contribute to this? And I think that that as long as you're actually like moving forward, you'll, that feeling shouldn't go away. You know, like you'll, you'll get confident in the sense of like, okay, I know what I'm doing with SEO. I, it's fine. I've got that all locked down, but hopefully you're not just like sitting there. You're moving to the next thing, which means that feeling is still going to stay there. As long as you keep moving forward, you should always be pushing into the realm of being uncomfortable. Um, so if you're always thinking like, I'm not going to get into digital marketing until I do A, B and C, what well, then when? So find the way in, right? Whether it's on a small scale or a big scale or even a personal project and just start. Okay. And I would say that like, that's it, right? Go for it and don't be afraid to fail. 
All right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For, that's a very profound ex, uh, answer. I think <laughs> start before you're ready. I like that. I think uh, on a side note for that, uh, I had this big, I don't know, internal problem with me mm. when I started my YouTube channel, for example, because I, uh, I originally, I only started my YouTube channel after the podcast launched. Sure. Because I, I just wanted to have a good conversation with awesome people like you. But then I realized, oh, if I want to grow this YouTube channel, I need to put my face on. I have to actually do YouTube video by myself. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like I have to create marketing content yeah. that is the aspiring CMO brand. And I didn't feel like I was ready because I said to myself, I only did social media and some basic SEO. What am I going to talk about? Mm -hmm. But then I started to kind of what you just said is like, just start before you're ready because like, all the first 30 videos are going to be crap anyway. That's fine. Who's going to see it, right? Yeah. Uh, and now I'm like learning YouTube optimization, I mean, content creation on YouTube, and it's like a different curve. And I didn't expect to learn that yeah. until I started. Yeah. And, 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 and at least for me, like, that's the fun part, right? All these things you didn't think you were going to learn. Mm -hmm. But then like, I mean, we were, we were just talking before, like we both have lost podcasts. Like we both recorded full episodes <laughs> yeah. and then like something's gone wrong. And it's like, well, that's useless, right? But it's like, it's a Annoying, but also you won't make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, okay, now I'm actually moving forward. And I think that this is, I, I, maybe it's just my own perspective, but like what you're doing with, with the aspiring CMO and your own sort of journey will put you miles ahead of people in the long run, mm -hmm. right? It's the consistency over the long term That's going to make such a difference, especially if someone like is just starting out, like just start today and say, I'm not going to quit for the next five years. And at least something interesting will happen. I don't know what, but something interesting will happen. Exactly. I love that too. Thank you so much, Taylor. If people would like to contact you, how can they find you? LinkedIn, just LinkedIn. Taylor Kimball. That's the easiest way. Amazing. Yeah. And you have courses too. Can you talk about your courses where, where they can find your courses? Yeah. Yeah. So I do have a, um, I have a course around SEO and AI on internet marketing gold. Um, however, caveat, it's like a year and a half or two years now since I was launched. So it's a bit out of date. So I think that's, that's a spot, but you know, outside of my course, there's always like great courses on that platform. Um, so I think, yeah, if you are a beginner or even advanced and intermediate in digital marketing, and you're curious more about like the SEO side of things, um, the IMG platform is for me, one of the best platforms out there. Amazing. It's like Netflix yeah. for SEOs and digital marketers. Yeah. I'll link it down in the show notes. And you were also, you do you have also your podcast? Do you also have your own channel? I podcast? don't. Oh, okay. Not yet. Not, right, yet. not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Taylor, for joining the show. You're welcome, man. It was right. great. Lovely talking with you. Yay.